Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. And welcome to Guest 2. I'm Jeff Carter, and my guest today is Tony Clement. Now, this show is basically asking questions about somebody's background that we may or may not know. Welcome, Tony. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in this format. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, we're going to ask uh, some, I think, uh, pretty interesting questions about, uh, you know, how you came to be here. Sure. And, uh, well, let's start off. You were born in England. Yeah, my uh, and interestingly, my father uh, was an immigrant to England, so he was born on the island of Cyprus. He's a Greek Cypriot, uh, and he emigrated to the UK uh, in, I guess, maybe the late 50s, maybe. And uh, he met my mother in Manchester, UK. Uh, my mother's mother was born in Aleppo, Syria, and was part of a merchant family that uh, had textile manufacturing in Egypt and California and Mexico and places like that. Uh, and uh, Manchester was a textile town, so there was an obvious connection there. So my grandmother uh, is, was an Arab Jew, uh, and uh, my mom was born into that family, and then my uh, father was uh, Greek, and then I was born in, in Manchester, and we emigrated uh, to Canada in 1965. I was four years old. We were originally going to emigrate to Australia, uh, and they, we had all the papers done and everything. Uh, this is the family lore. And uh, at the last minute, my father, in a fit of anger, decided to scrap the plans to go to Australia because one of the Australian immigration officials was rude to my mother uh, and said, that's it. We're not going to Australia. We're going to Canada. And that's how I became Canadian rather than Australian. Wow. I have a very similar story Seriously? to that. I came to Canada when I was four. Um, I, I grew up in Yorkshire, which is not far not from far. Manchester. And uh, in, at the age of four, we immigrated uh, to Canada, although the first choice was Australia. And uh, for some reason, um, that didn't go. And so we ended up uh, moving originally to Hamilton. So, And I moved to Hamilton, too. I did not know that about you. Wow. Uh, yeah, we uh, our first spot was on uh, Herkimer Road in Hamilton, uh, and then we moved to the mountain, and I was on West 5th Street on the mountain and uh, did my growing up years, or part of them anyway, uh, on the mountain in Hamilton, going to, going to grade school there, and uh, then uh, my family kind of split up, my, my parents divorced, and so uh, my mom, a single mom, pursued a job opportunity in Toronto, and lived uh, my middle school years in Toronto, my high school years in North York, uh, in Don Mills, and uh, then uh, went to university in Toronto as well. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the, um, I think, first things I saw on the internet about a young Tony was um, a student who uh, was making an appearance on a TVO uh, broadcast. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I think, a political um, question and answer kind of thing. Well, it was a kind of, uh, somebody re uh, reposted, I think Steve Pakin reposted it recently. Uh, they found it in some archives or something like that. And I was, uh, I was probably 15 years old and wearing a light blue turtleneck, 
very, very stylish. Uh, and we are talking about uh, drug policy and how to convince kids not to do drugs. And I was part of this panel with all these other students. And I took a look at it recently and I was howling. Uh, my wife and I were howling because I had this affected quasi English accent, which I don't think I had in high school. Uh, but uh, for some reason it came out during this, uh, this uh, TVO special uh, yeah, so that might be the earliest recording of me uh, in the in the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. So you're a bit of an activist as a teenager. I was, yeah, yeah, and uh, I started getting involved in politics with uh, big P politics when I was again uh, 15 or so. Uh, there was an election, general election in 1975 in Ontario. Uh, uh, and uh, I, my mom at the time worked for one of the members of provincial parliament in, uh, in York North, a guy named Bill Hodgson. That was her first sort of job at Queen's Park. So I was kind of drafted to help him get elected, be reelected, because if he didn't, my mom was out of a job. She was a single mom. That, that would have been mm-hmm. pretty terrible. And conservative? Yeah, he was, he was a so PC. So is that sort of how you became a conservative? Because... Well, it's a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit embarrassing that it, because it was, uh, you know, to keep food on the table. But I also think the times, like, uh, you know, we were talking mid-70s, uh, a lot of inflation, recession, uh, wow, there was a big, de- huge deficit in Ottawa, like $10 billion or something. <laughs> that was a huge deficit at the time. Uh, the, uh, the initial uh, Trudeau, Pierre Elliott Trudeau was the prime minister. And so you, you tend to, I, you know, I, I have this view, you tend to react to whatever's in front of you. And so what was in front of us was increased state involvement in the marketplace, uh, less freedom less individual responsibility and I reacted to that and became a, a freedom lover and a, and a conservative and and so I reacted to the liberal statism of the time of Pierre Elliott Trudeau so I think it was a combination of the two mm-hmm. I remember when I was young I don't think I was anywhere near as uh, maybe involved or even uh, engaged as you were but I know that my father absolutely hated Pierre Elliott Trudeau it was a thing yeah yeah, yeah. So, it's it's funny uh, and uh uh, you know, uh, we use these epithets these days, you know, dictator and, you know, but that, that I remember people thinking the same thing about Pierre Elliott Trudeau. I, th- I think whoever is in power gets the gets those monikers. Oh, sure. Yeah. But uh, so uh, at some point, uh, how did you decide that you wanted to be a politician and and yeah. what was the first step for you? Yeah, I, you know, I caught the political bug, so I enjoyed being part of campaigns and, and elections. That was the first part of it. And then got involved in the YPCs, the young the young progressive conservatives. And so started to go to conventions. And uh, I remember my first convention, YPC convention was in Honey Harbor. Uh, you know, wow, I was going to Honey Harbor. Oh, this is amazing. Uh, you know, so <laughs> that was back in the day uh, when uh, Bill Davis, uh, who was premier, had a cottage nearby. That's probably why it happened at Honey oh, yeah. Harbor. Uh, so because uh, he had a cottage in Georgian Bay. But anyway, uh, so I thought, yeah, this is pretty cool. You know, you get to meet some people and, uh, you know, get to uh, to hang out and talk about politics and, and so on. So I did that. And then uh, obviously 
Uh, I felt that uh, maybe this could be a career choice later on. I didn't have a plan of action. I just, oh, I got to get some good schooling and, and got to have a, something outside of politics to do, which is why I ended up being a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And uh, But at some point I thought, you know, I'm going to give it a try. I don't know when or where or how, but sure, uh, why not give it a try and maybe add something to the, the life of the province or the country? Mm-hmm. So, you know, speaking of being a lawyer, um, at some point, uh, you know, it was time to 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 get a job, mm-hmm. and and so you had taken uh, obviously the legal profession up. Did you practice? I did. Uh, I, I I spent most of my legal career desperately trying to find ways not to be a lawyer and to get out of the, the legal practice. But I I articled at a downtown Toronto law firm. Then I went to work uh, at. Uh, uh, a, a, another Toronto law firm and did that for a couple of years. And then the big, the big event in many people's lives and my life was the Berlin Wall coming down in 1989. And uh, I was a junior associate drafting stuff for banks. Like I was mm-hmm. a corporate lawyer. It was very boring. I hated it. Uh, I hated going to work in the morning. And then the Berlin Wall came down and I... Uh, I kind of hitched up with a guy who was saying, "Hey, I'm doing work in, I'm doing work in in Poland and uh, Czech, Czechoslovakia and Romania and Russia. You know, why don't you come along and and do some stuff with me?" And I thought, "Sure," I, I jumped at it, uh, and so I actually had offices in Moscow and had offices in Prague and Bucharest, places like that, uh, and for three years was was pursuing being a lawyer, but also being an entrepreneur, working with businesses, trying to build new businesses in the former Soviet Union and its empire. And so, yeah, I did that for three years and that really opened my eyes to life outside uh, the normal. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been to Russia and I found it very interesting, but also very scary. How Mm -hmm. was uh, Russia, you know, after, you know, the fall of communism? Well, it was still a work in progress. There was one McDonald's in Pushkin Square. There was one Baskin Robbins. There was one Pizza Hut in all of Moscow. Uh, And, uh, you know, it it was kind of a crazy time because uh, uh, a lot of the old forces uh, were still at work. So, you know, uh, you you weren't being left alone to pursue the market or capitalism or whatever you want to call it. Uh, there were still these forces looking at you. I'm sure we were monitored by the KGB at the time, and so on. So uh, that that's in in Russia proper. In Czech Republic, it was more open and and laissez-faire, and they were they were pursuing. Uh, you know, uh, uh, an aggressive form of privatization and uh, getting the economy on a market-based uh, platform. I, I helped uh, privatize a, a post a post office bank, for instance. They didn't want it in the public sector. They wanted it to be a private bank. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty heady time, and uh, I learned a lot and had a lot of fun. I remember going to a hockey game in Prague. For, it cost me 50 cents for a front row seat. Uh, you know, very different <laughs> even in those days from Maple Leaf Gardens. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah, but great, great hockey. The Czechs are great hockey players. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Tony Clement. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. 
and welcome back to Guest Who. I'm Jeff Carter, and with me, I think somebody everybody knows is Tony Clement, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that Tony's done that I don't think any of us know about. <laughs> well, it's a long life. When you're 61, it's a long life. So, you know, last time, uh, before we went to break, we were talking about you uh, working in uh, Europe, specifically, you know, the old Soviet Union. Right. And so what happened after that? When did you come back and decide to get involved in politics? Well, it was really interesting working in the uh, the Eastern Europe and, and Russia. But um, I don't think we we uh, certainly didn't lose our houses, but we didn't make a lot of money either. So uh, I eventually I drifted to working at Queen's Park. So I was president of the Ontario PC Party during this period of time that I was working in Eastern Europe. And um, that term ended in 1992, and Mike Harris, who was then leader of the third party in the Ontario legislature, the Ontario PC, said, hey, you know, your, your gig with the party's over. Why don't you come in and work for me in my office? So I, I did do that in November of 1992. I was his assistant principal secretary and uh, helped start the work the building job of, of rebuilding the party, making it ready for the next election. Bob Ray was in power at the time, an NDP premier, uh, and we felt that we had a better shot at it uh, as a result of some of his policies, like 22 tax hikes, that kind of thing. And so I helped, you know, at the ground floor, rebuilding what we were doing, finding candidates for us, working on the policy plat- platform. And, uh, and then at the end of that period, in 1994, I went in a totally different direction and ran for municipal office in Toronto, in, in West Toronto. Uh, there was a, 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 a metro city, a metro councillor named Derwin Shea who, ran, who eventually ran for the Ontario PCs in the 1995 election. So his seat was vacant in 1994. I thought, oh, I'm going to go for that. So I ran that election against a, an NDP guy named David Miller who eventually became mayor of Toronto. That's right. Uh, but uh, there were three conservatives running against Miller, and then there was only one Miller. And guess guess who won? The the uh, the non-conservative won because we split the vote. Mm-hmm. And I so I lost, and I thought, okay, that's it, I'm done. But at that moment, as I was kind of had my tail between my legs, um, Brampton approached me, and uh, Bill Davis approached me and said, you know, I know you lost municipally, but why don't you run in Brampton? Uh, in in my old riding, and uh, that's what I did. I, I obtained the nomination. I had to run against two other people. I won the won the nomination and ran for the election in 1995 in Brampton South, and and won. And so, fresh MP or MPP, right? Um, how did that parlay into becoming the uh, Minister of Health for the province? Well, it didn't at first. I wasn't in cabinet for the first two and a half years. Uh, Mike Harris deliberately, I think, wanted me to learn how to be an MPP, learn how to be a mm-hmm. good constituency person. Uh, and so for the first two and a half years, I wasn't in cabinet. Uh, but the next go round, the next big cabinet shuffle, uh, halfway into the mandate, uh, he did appoint me as Minister of Transportation. That was my first portfolio was Transportation Minister from 1997 to 1999. And then uh, after the 1999 election, I was reappointed to cabinet as Minister of the Environment and then Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing. I had both portfolios at the same time, which is highly unusual. 
And then uh, after that stint in 2001, I became Minister of Health and Long-Term Care. So it was kind of a progression, mm-hmm. a backbencher, learn the ropes, get a, you know, get a good portfolio transport. I loved being transportation minister. I was the minister after Al Palladini. You may remember that oh, name. I remember that. Yeah. Name. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of a big guy. And, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I learned the ropes, the kind of the, the old fashioned way of, of mm-hmm. just going up the pecking order. All right. And how different is it being a minister versus an MPP? Well, it's a lot, a lot more work, uh, and a lot more responsibility. Uh, you have to have different facets to your job. You have to make sure the caucus knows what you're doing. You have to make sure the stakeholders know what you're doing. Uh, you have to be strategic on a, on a much bigger level, a province-wide level. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a lot more responsibility for sure. And how much say do you have about your particular ministry with the actual government? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the person and depends on the on the premier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of control on some things, but on other things, if you had a good idea that you wanted to pursue, he'd let you pursue it. Uh, I'll tell you one little story. I was just new as transportation minister, and I thought, you know, uh, we're doing all these all this road building and bridge building, but no one knows. They all think it's federal money. Like, oh, this is a, this is, you know, high, this is Highway 17 or Highway 11. This got this got to be federal money. So I, I said to Mike Harris, the premier, you know, we got to have signs that say this is built with Ontario tax dollars signed by Mike Harris, the premier. He liked that idea. So I got the transportation ministry to get the signs printed and uh, put on uh, locations and the, uh, the head bureaucrat of Ontario, the principal secretary, kind of taps me on the shoulder at a cabinet meeting and says, can you point to the cabinet minute that approved all of this, all of these signs being put up? I said, oh, do I need one of those? I, I just <laughs> thought I could do it. And she said, no, you need a cabinet minute. Next time, get a cabinet minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> Mike thought it was a good idea and she's just like rolling her eyes. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, that's a little story from the past. All right. Now, uh, we're running out of time and I, I, we're not even going to get into uh, this point in federal politics. So let's talk quickly about the uh, SARS thing, and we mm-hmm. got like two minutes. Okay. Well, SARS happened all of a sudden, uh, and uh, it, it came from Hong Kong, and uh, we had to react quickly. And one of the things I remember was, uh, you know, people, the advice from the health community was, this is a low risk, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, you c- communicate that rather than communicating panic. And I said, you know, I'm not going to say it's low risk because we don't know if it's low risk. It could be high risk. So uh, I said, no, we're going to take this seriously from every step of the way. And uh, we rallied uh, our health professionals and advisors and public health. And it was a 10% fatality rate if you had SARS. So way higher than COVID, mm-hmm. but relatively fewer people got it. Right. Uh, you know, maximum of 10,000 people were quarantined. So, uh, but it was a good lesson. And uh, we, sh- we did learn some lessons from it. We should have learned more lessons. Uh, but, uh, you know, I- I'm proud of what the healthcare system did in a very, very difficult time in the city of Toronto, mostly. Right. And I'm afraid we've run out of time. So I think we're going to pick this up. Yeah. We would come back and do it again. And Let's do it again. We'll, we'll uh, pick up from SARS and then go forward. Sure. All right. That's been uh, 
former MPP, former MP, former minister of almost everything in the uh, federal government and uh, a member of uh, your, uh, I guess, uh, riding here in uh, Muskoka, Perry Sound. So thank you very much, Tony. For sure. And uh, do appreciate everything you've done. And I'm sure you've got more stories for us next time on Guest Who. Guest Who.